Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our two-year anniversary sort of check-in, Halloween style. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to us. (laughs) (laughs) Two years. It's so crazy. Yes. And this podcast we have tried to record, this is the third time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just convinced that it, because it's our sort of Halloween special that it's cursed and for some reason it's not wanting to be recorded maybe and it's the last day of mercury retrograde so of course if you hear my dog barking in the background he's suddenly gone crazy and decided he needs to bark (laughs) or if we have some weird frozen moments which of course i'll try to edit out but yeah don't be surprised (laughs) (laughs) it'll truly be a frankenstein style (laughs) our favorite I can't believe we've had two whole years. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like that weird like intersection of has it really been two years? And then also has it only been two years? Like it feels like somehow longer and then we just started at the same time. <laughs> I feel like that's how I always feel about all time. <laughs> like, that Was that really that long ago? Was it only that long ago? <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. And then you think about all the stuff that we've done. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've watched so many Jane Austen and David Lynch things. I had like, I oh, know, develop a whole page. And there's still so much to to, to do. <laughs> I know. I was like, we haven't even broken the halfway point. <sighs> Probably not. I When I first put down all the stuff that like we could potentially do, I figured this podcast might last for like six years. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think I was counting the check-ins or, you know, like time off. So right, it might be a little bit longer, but who knows, because <laughs> right. sometimes we'll shorten stuff that I had initially thought would be longer. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're always getting new stuff occasionally. So you never know. I know. Should we start off with the bad news? <sighs> yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to. Because in our last check-in, we were like, "Ooh, these are all the new things coming," and now <laughs> we have to cross some of those off the list because I've heard that the David Lynch Netflix Unrecorded Night Wisteria Lane, whatever he was planning to do there, has been like backburnered, or you know, Aww. from what I hear, there's no forward progress on it. So I don't know uh-huh. if it's something that will still happen or maybe happen in another form. But at the moment, we can't really anticipate that it will definitely happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's sad. I know. And then on the Jane Austen side, you know how we were so excited about having two Persuasion adaptations coming and Fox canceled theirs. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Why can't there be two? I don't know. Because one was Netflix and one is Fox. And I think those are totally different types of things. Like, they're both movies. I don't know. There's something about a Netflix movie just isn't the same as a movie theater movie. Yeah, I have enjoyed plenty a movie on Netflix, but it does it does feel a little weird to have like the Fox one cancel and Netflix. It almost feels a little bit like Netflix supremacy, which I don't agree with. So, well, I'm I'm almost <sighs> positive Netflix is not going to be spending as much money as Fox would have on a movie. No, you know, probably <laughs> so, not. <laughs> <laughs> So our whole dream of our dream of having two competing productions trying to to film on the cob at the same time is not, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> I wanted that BTS, please. I know, but I, that's I mean they already cast it and 
you know, they had a director and a script and everything. So maybe you know, things can happen. It could still happen. Yeah. I would say it could be picked up by a different studio. They might just be waiting a year to, yeah. Plus, and we'll still have um, the Pride and Prejudice Fire Island mm-hmm. one coming out. I think they did fit. They wrapped up filming. So wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> yes, because I follow a bunch of the comedians that are in it, and the comedian who wrote it, and they um, they finished filming. So I think they're edit- uh, entering the editing stage. So it should be coming out uh, relatively, oh you know, maybe next year. That'd be so exciting. I wouldn't be able to see it early. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm like, can I have the director's cut, please? Just, I don't know how, like, like 25 years later or those other kind of fancy entertainment sites get to watch stuff early to review, but I'm like, uh-huh. how do I get on the list for the Fire Island one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I won't tell anyone a thing about it. I just want to see it. <laughs> and we can have our review ready for the day it comes out. <laughs> uh, well, at least technically we'll be getting... We'll still be getting two Jane Austen, just not two Persuasions. And I think I forgot to mention the last time because I was like, I think there's some sort of Pride and Prejudice, something happening. But and I don't I don't think I mentioned it on the last one. But I think what it is, is Netflix is doing a series called The Netherfield Girls, oh. which I don't know if it's a modern or period, but I think it has hmm. to do with like the Bennett sisters. Or I don't know. It has to do with Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's kind of a an, an addition. So yeah, I, I guess you know I complained about Netflix supremacy and them maybe kind of dominating the world, but <laughs> they are giving us <laughs> potentially two new ones. So yeah, I guess thank you Netflix. <laughs> well, and I also had noticed. Because I was always, I'm always afraid that we don't have enough David Lynch stuff to fill, you know, like, it feels like we have more mm-hmm. Jane Austen stuff than David Lynch stuff. But now that we're doing the influences, yeah, and then there's people who are like influenced by David Lynch. I mean, there's probably bajillions oh, yeah. of things out there that are like influenced by Twin Peaks alone. So oh, yeah. I think we'll be fine <laughs> in terms of having stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And if we want this podcast to go 10 years, we can always do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've seen the first two episodes of Bridgerton, so I really enjoyed it. And it does feel very Jane Austen-ish. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, it was definitely inspired by Jane Austen, for sure. Yeah. So that could be a fun little, like, summer fun series or something. Yeah, yeah you could totally do yeah. that. <laughs> I am totally so down. Lots of fun stuff to come. But let's spend a little time talking about what we've been doing for the past year and do like a little retrospective of the last year if you want. I know. Should we start with our book? There are one book that we did this last year. Um, well, I was thinking maybe we should just go in order. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Because after our last check-in for our Halloween episode last year, we did Northanger Abbey 1987. Right. The perfect <laughs> gothic 80s acid dream of... <laughs> yeah. It was Abbey. our first early days Jane Austen one that we did. Yes. You know, pre the 90s. <laughs> right. I I loved it. I loved my thing to this day. My favorite fact about it was the fact that it's supposed to be like Regency era, but they all had 80s hair. And I think that really (laughs) made it more fun for me. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely very stylistic. And 
I actually watched that one again recently because mm. <laughs> I just love it. I don't know. It's like the perfect little 90-minute gothic. You know, it's so atmospheric. We got like people sewing their fingers together. <laughs> it's right. so not Northanger Abbey in certain ways, but also like Catherine's imagination of what Northanger Abbey should be. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like almost in a weird way, like murder mystery question mark. Like there's always that aspect of it that's very fun. And I'm curious if if anyone's ever had the idea of like doing a Northanger Abbey, but actually having a murder mystery kind of like element of Ooh, the story. That would be awesome. And having Catherine be like this, like, I'm going to solve it. And, you know, the sleuth and it'd be so cool. Yes, we... <sighs> We need to write some adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's also, I believe, the only time that we have watched an adaptation after reading the book. Yes, right after. Yeah, there's only one other Northanger Abbey out there, so that's why we've been a little stingy with um, <laughs> getting to watch <laughs> We should be. We should space them out so that we could really uh, savor the Northanger Abbey spookiness. Yes, definitely. Okay, well, then after that, I'm going to skip the next thing we did because it's kind of part of a series that I'll talk about in a minute. But mm-hmm. we did around Thanksgiving time, The Straight Story by David Lynch, which is the yes. one I'm always like, oh, yeah, we did that one. Because it's so not David Lynch feeling that I oh, can yeah. always forget that it's a David Lynch movie. <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking back to this and I, I always think back to like your uh, comment about how you love old men. and. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, if everyone was like the old man in this one, then I would totally agree because he's such a sweetheart. And uh, yeah, it was such a sweet, like, kind of a uplifting movie. So unlike David Lynch, in I a know, way. Richard, Richard Farnsworth, I believe his name is. Yes. He played Matthew Cuthbert in the old Anne of Green Gables. So he's <laughs> especially got the like old man love from me. <laughs> <laughs> It was sweet. But yeah, it's a, that was a really nice, like, very not scary part of David Lynch. Like, I totally feel like it's yeah. 100% David Lynch, but it just doesn't yeah. have any of the, like, dark, spooky stuff that he loves. Well, not spooky, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, that rare side of him that we get to see where there's not really any sort of high stakes in a way. Like, in the, in the sense of, like, there's no sort of, like, tragedy... Or I don't know, there's anything really bad happening. Like, you know, everything, everything which is very uplifting. And it was like just the adventure aspect, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And I (laughs) I have a special place in my heart for movies or stories that are like, nothing bad happened. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) I remember reading books when I was like a teenager or whatever and thinking, I wish somebody would write a book where nothing bad happened and just good stuff happened all the time. <laughs> I was like, it'd probably be boring, but it'd be just what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, but it's nice to have like that different aspect of David Lynch. I agree. And okay, so after Straight Story, we did a special crossover episode with right. a podcast that um, has concluded because they did everything. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks Unwrapped and we did Psych Dual Spires which was a lot of right. fun right yeah that was a lot of fun oh my gosh <laughs> I can't believe that was within the last year like I know isn't that crazy <laughs> it felt like the 
the first time it was like, oh my God, we have real podcasters. <laughs> I was very nervous because I was like, oh, I feel like I'm so out of my element. But it was know, a lot of fun. They're kind of like, to me at least, I consider them one of like the premier Twin Peaks podcasts because mm-hmm. they were around for a long time. They did everything. They had plenty of listeners, I'm sure. Right. And they actually were planning on ending the podcast like a year earlier, but then with the pandemic and all they just decided right. to keep it going for an extra year plus they were writing this book so they had all these interviews to do mm-hmm. and i got to participate in their podcast doing their community rewatch stuff which was a lot of fun oh yeah yeah i think that was like which is great little getting to know them and getting to you know be a little bit part of their podcast too and they got to be on ours and it was great and they got they edited it, so it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> break for me. <laughs> was the easiest podcast recording we could have ever done. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I was excited to kind of do that episode. And now that we're kind of watching more of the second season of Twin Peaks, seeing these characters that were kind of like referenced in a way that were on that psych yeah. episode kind of come out. So it's I'm like <laughs> Thinking back, I'm like, those two yeah. match up. Yeah, and I mean, Psych was one of my favorite shows back in the day. So when they did a Twin Peaks episode, I was like, oh my God, my two favorite things coming together. <laughs> 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 and since then, I have realized, well, I mean, I've always realized, but I didn't know how much because my sister will always be texting me and be like, I'm watching this kid's show and there's a Twin Peaks episode. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff that's been inspired by Twin Peaks, like TV episodes of tv shows that we can maybe cover also someday oh for sure it was super influential (laughs) so okay now i'll go back and add the one that we skipped into this little section because we did some hallmark movies at the end of last year oh right (laughs) (laughs) we did unleashing mr darcy uh pride prejudice and mistletoe and christmas (laughs) at pemberley manor and besides the fact that Unleashing Mr. Darcy had dogs, I couldn't tell you the difference between any one of those at this point. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it, yeah, I, if my life depended on it, you could not make me recall what the plot of each one was, <laughs> who the characters were. I could not yeah. remember. I remember having fun and just really letting loose, but I don't remember what the plot was. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of... Um fun because we did like a commentary so we didn't really have to do yes. any research beforehand not that there would have been any research to do <laughs> right but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah so it's kind of like in and out of my brain you know yeah <laughs> as i think hallmark movies should be <laughs> yeah meant to stick with you for a long time <laughs> yeah i mean i think that really speaks to your the, the kind of thing you asked for when you were a child about novels, like, can't there be a novel when nothing bad happens? And I feel like these Hallmark movies are kind of touching on that. Where the worst <laughs> yeah. thing that could happen is that someone just makes, I don't know, makes fun of your weird independent business or something. And it's you're like, all a bunch ah, of self-imposed drama that we're that the characters are putting on themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it absolutely means nothing in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember we tried to watch Sense, Sensibility, and Snowman, and we couldn't because we got halfway through and we realized we weren't recording. And then we were like, this movie sucks anyway. We can't finish watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot start in the beginning. 
<laughs> but that was a fun Christmas time. But we have something really cool planned for this Christmas. So yes, you have to stay Ooh, tuned for that. So excited. So okay. So when we came back for the new year, we just had a little. I won't say filler episode, but it was just like a little random episode in which we did Crazy Clown Time, the album. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which oh gosh. Was it was fun to cover and actually when we I meant to mention this when we were doing Carnival of Souls but mm-hmm. I kept thinking of that Pinky's crap yeah dream song while we were watching Carnival of Souls like yeah it just felt like it could have gone into there <laughs> <laughs> I agree I I will think about that album every time we watch even like Twin Peaks or like you said Carnival of Souls and like it just seems to fit so perfectly <laughs> into like that style that either he was like sort of influenced by or he created himself and it just it feels so I I just keep like it was a piece of uh it was an episode that I thought like oh like it'll be like a fun one-time thing but I keep thinking about that album every time we watch (laughs) anything Twin Peaks or David Lynch related yeah and I I mean we're definitely he's got a couple more albums we'll definitely cover but I think it was really cool because we haven't done any specific David Lynch art yet, which we will yeah. try to cover at some point. But I would say that the albums or the the one album we listened to made me feel like I could get to know David Lynch a little better than yeah. even watching the movies. Like it felt like, you know, maybe he's more vulnerable when he's writing music or singing music. And it's not so much like subconscious images put together with all sorts of people's <laughs> input and <laughs> right. you know, no answers. <laughs> I don't know. It just... I feel like that helped me to know David Lynch better. You know, like the weather reports do. <laughs> it's just right. like a little it's him like as some, a person. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's, it feels more personable to him because especially the music, like you don't have that visual element. So he's going to kind of have to put more of himself into like just the sounds and everything just so that we can kind of really kind of understand what his intention was. And I always, I, I don't know if it's maybe more personal, I always relate more to music in the sense of like vulnerability and understanding stuff because I don't know, it just always, I feel like if you don't have that visual element, you've got to do something extra. And I totally Definitely. felt that with the album. Even though thinking back on the album, there were a lot of songs that were like, what are you trying to say? To <laughs> yeah. But still, <laughs> I don't think that what he was actually saying in the songs is what like I feel connected to as much as just like yeah, you're putting yourself out there and doing something outside of your normal comfort zone. Yes. And kind of very unlike a lot of the music we've heard that he's written for his movies so far. Yes. Because they're not like a bunch of love ballads. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, I, I would say, a little bit more like, um, what's the word? What's the word for like fancy and like not necessarily following a format, but like kind of like really big and oh my God. Um, it's like, it begins with an exuberant. A, I believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, like, like I, you would think like Bjork and... Like experimental or... It's kind of like a... Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I feel I like I should know the word you're talking about, but I, <laughs> it's like a big to me. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like kind of a word people use for like music where it's like, there's not like, it doesn't follow like a specific format. And it's kind of like... Amorphous? Uh, it's kind of like a synonym <laughs> of that. I, it'll come back to me at the end of the podcast and I'll just scream. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, after Crazy Clown Time, we started on a big project, which we had put off for a while, and I was very pleased with how well it turned out. We did 
Sanditon. Yes, that was so much fun. And we had some really great guests. We had some Jane Austen podcasts as guests. So we had First Impressions podcast with Maggie and Kristen and Mm -hmm. Reclaiming Jane with Emily and Lauren. And then Bonnets at Dawn with Lauren as well, a different Lauren. But and (laughs) Hannah is the other co-host of that podcast, but she lives in England and couldn't make it. But that was so much fun. We got so many listeners for those. Uh, all I yes. had to do was literally put hashtag Sanditon on Instagram and we got so <laughs> many listeners. <laughs> that to me, I feel like that was like the first instance for me of like, oh, like this is like a modern piece of Jane Austen material that has like a very, I don't want to say rabid because I feel like it <laughs> has like a bad rap of a adjective, but right. like a very devoted fan base. Yes. Yes. That is like, I want all all things related to this right now. And, <laughs> and I can totally... They, they won. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which to this day, I still sort of take a little credit for that we don't have Sydney. <laughs> so you're welcome. Oh my God. I remember the, the word. <laughs> what? What's the word? <laughs> Avant-garde. Avant, of course, of course. Yes. A key word for David Lynch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Refer back to our last topic. It was very avant-garde. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Sanditon was a lot of fun because when I watched it the first time, I definitely enjoyed it. But, you know, it's just funner to be able to talk about it. Like, you can find yes. more nuances, especially... Everything that we've done for the podcast that I've like written a recap for, I feel like I know it better now. Like, uh-huh. you know, even if I've watched it a million times before, something about like writing down all the stuff that happens and talking about everything specifically, it just makes me feel like, oh yeah, I know this now. It's not like one of those things that's just going to disappear from my brain <laughs> instantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost cemented by the act of writing it down. And yeah, I guess watching I, it a bunch of times too. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw some people posting about how Lady... Um, they spotted Lady Susan in the filming because they're filming right now. So I'm excited to be able to cover season two of that. I'm hoping that whenever it does come out, which it will probably come out in England first, so it won't really matter, but I'm hoping that when it comes out in America, we will be able to like pretty much kind of keep up with it. Yeah. Too far behind when it's actually coming out. That's kind of ambitious for us personally, because we don't really... (laughs) We try to record stuff early. Right. <laughs> so we have plenty of time. But hopefully. And being able to podcast with all those Jane Austen podcasting ladies was just amazing. Yes. And I felt like a camaraderie with them. And it was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of my favorite like periods of recording just because I love Sanditon so much. It's probably one of my favorite things we've done so far. Mm-hmm. And just having all the guests and just kind of being able to talk about, about something that is very current. And like, I feel like we were all kind of like on the same wavelength, which was great yeah. <laughs> about, yeah. like, about characters, <laughs> about story, about everything. Um, it was just a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to two more seasons. I know it's going to be great. And uh. um, I have noticed that there might have been some other Jane Austen podcasts that I didn't realize existed <laughs> when we did that. So <laughs> we might have to try to get them. Um, and some that have started since then, like um, there's one wow. that I've been trying to catch up on called the Austin Connection, which sounds very much like um, an NPR style podcast. Yeah. I, think it was, <laughs> I was reading the bio of 
one of the hosts and I think they said they were an NPR person. So I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> You're like, there's the link. <laughs> <laughs> we are no way to NPR style. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever the opposite of NPR is. I don't know if they'd want to be guests on our silly podcast. But... <laughs> We're very casual. Yeah. If you're a Jane Austen podcaster out there and you're listening to our podcast, then please get in contact because we'd love to have you as a guest. Yes, definitely. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh, and in the middle of that, we did another big project. We did The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> book. We did a David Lynch style book, not by David Lynch, but by Jennifer Lynch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely very related to David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, very related. <laughs> it yeah, would not have existed I, without him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, and obviously it was like meant to be a very vital source material for the show, for the, especially for the second season. But I feel like I keep referencing things we've discovered in that book back to the show while we're watching it like, ah, this is why this character is doing this or yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe like this person was involved with this and now they're doing this. And I yeah. feel like it, and, and it served as purpose like tenfold for me just because I'm like, I feel like I know these characters so much more. Yeah. And it was like a brand new experience for me because I had never read the book. So right. reading it and now being able to watch it with the show, definitely like all the stuff at One Night Jacks feels like I know more about it. Like Bobby right. Lee. <clears throat> Yo, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and even Donna, Donna, especially Maddie, Sarah, Leland, like all of them. Right. And it was really fun having Chelsea as the guest for that one. Yeah, and, it was because she had never read it either. And I don't know if you ever even went back and listened, but we, or I don't know if you should, because I don't remember how spoiler <laughs> we got, but we did that spoiler episode um, where right. we kind of just got to really speculate our brains out <laughs> as to what, like, how the book well, related happened? to what happens in the future and what happened in the past or, you know, where we are. So that was a lot of fun. It was. It was so many guests during that time period it was a little stressful on the editing portion <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a lot of fun and I was very appreciative that because we have so many references to Laura in the show and you know everyone talks about Laura all the time but we never hear from Laura directly this was like yes. a perfect opportunity for us to kind of hear it directly from her and her experiences and stuff. And I really appreciated that aspect of it. Definitely. It really makes her kind of the central focus of the series, which I know they kind of always meant her to be, but it's kind of easy to forget about her. <laughs> yeah, because she's you know. not really in every episode. And even the episode she's in, she's in it for like, you know, five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it really isn't until we get to Firewalk With Me that you really besides this book feel like you really know laura so right it was exactly. really fun to have it at that time period okay and then we okay then we watched well i mean i'll go ahead and say we watched love and friendship yes oh my gosh uh your favorite <laughs> it was so good <laughs> i love that movie so much it is really good because that's definitely one that i kind of like watched and then kind of forgot about and then watched again mm -hmm. and knowing that it was your favorite made me really excited to watch it and talk about it with you and Kate Beckinsale yeah. was great and it's just so unique for Jane Austen like mm -hmm. I always forget Lady Susan is a Jane Austen book <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the when we recorded but I think Love and Friendship was my first sort of I guess you could say instance of like 
experience of Jane Austen because I didn't read any Jane Austen in high school that wasn't on our curriculum and I never watched any of the movies. So I think I remember when this movie came out, I think we were just kind of looking for something to watch and Josh had been like, oh, I heard this is really good. Maybe we should watch this. And I think that (laughs) this is like kind of like my first instance of a Jane Austen anything. So and it was like, what a great introduction because it's so funny and so just uh, yes I feel like this is very lighthearted, like in a way <laughs> oh definitely and it's so like just the character of Lady Susan it's funny that Jane Austen I believe wrote that one first you know it's just it's right. not even a real novel length it's like an epistolary novel but the character is so kind of unique but yeah. it feels like I don't know, like that character is kind of lurking under the surface of all the other books. Like, yes, <laughs> she could show up in any other books, but she just doesn't really need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the the almost like the inference of a Jane Austen like universe where <laughs> Lady Susan exists in every <laughs> single adaptation. And <laughs> yeah. she might show up. You never know. You just wouldn't know like that she's pulling strings because she's so masterful at it. <laughs> so if she shows yes. up in another book, you're just like, take her at face value. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I always, every time I watch it, I'm kind of like blown away by um, Kate Beckinsale's interpretation of Lady Susan, because I feel like she completely <laughs> understood the assignment and yes. she just has so much fun with the role. And it's just one of my favorites. Yeah. And that was one that was really good to really write, you know, do the recap and talk about because it's so fast that it's easy to miss so much of it. Like, so slowing yes. it down and being able to like, go over every detail definitely added to it because that one felt like the only criticism I had of that one was that it felt super rushed like you yeah. could have made this two hours it doesn't need to be an hour and a half yeah or even like a limited series would have been great yeah definitely okay so we also at that time started Twin Peaks season two right and uh we had I believe Josh was one of our guests for that yes and John Bernardi was our guest for episode nine so we did the whole i don't even know should we i don't know if we should talk about the spoiler part of it because Mm -hmm. even though there could be people who might want to watch it still who are like jane austen people so we can talk about it language or something yeah the major spoiler but yeah, it got all the way to the part where we did discover who the killer was. I won't say who uh. it was, but <laughs> that was an exciting ride. Were you shocked? Was it, you know, how right. was that for you? The first this part of the uh. second season. <laughs> um, well, I was so excited because, you know, I had technically watched the first season before, but the second season was all completely new to me. And it was kind of, it was really fun to watch it for the first time. And to kind of speculate who the killer was. And yeah. I'm still a little peeved at myself for changing my answer at the last minute. Because <laughs> I was correct in my guess. Well, I guess we all know you were pretty much correct for a, a while before that. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I I have a hard time of in these where I'm like always trying to guess who they are. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I have to try and guess, but I just really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed kind of the progression of the characters. And I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get as much Audrey as we like, as I would have liked. But I'm glad the later we got in that first half that we were starting to get more of the Audrey that I 
No, she is. So yeah, I'm excited. And we will definitely get more of her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, at the same time that we were watching that, we were reading our second Jane Austen novel, Persuasion with Kristen Smith. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love the novels. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. We, I actually was thinking, should we do two next year? Should we try to fit two in <laughs> mm-hmm. to the same year? Just because I feel like, yeah, I just, I love doing the novels. And then I like to be able to watch the adaptations after to, yeah. you know, kind of see what they changed. And, you know, I want that experience for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed watching watching them and then watching an adaptation or uh, reading them and then watching an adaptation right after just so like it's so fresh in my mind and I'm like I just read the actual story that was written and I'm like <laughs> it is fun to see what was omitted like what was their interpretation of this scene yeah. and I always enjoy the book so much because I feel like it's my like one opportunity to get a direct look into Jane Austen's brain yeah and yeah so that one was really fun I it's always great to have Kristen as our guest for yes. the books. Hopefully she'll be able to do more of the books with us. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So, and you know, this Persuasion is one of those books that I feel like I can, I'll really like it when I'm in the midst of watching it or reading it. But then, you know, it, it kind of like goes to the back of my brain. I'm like, oh, it's not my favorite because <laughs> it just kind mm-hmm. of like, but you know, this time reading it, I found a lot more stuff that I liked. I had, I, I don't know, like, you know, I um, really felt strongly about a lot of the male characters. Um, yeah. Maybe not in the best way, but like <laughs> to see like the evolution of the characters and, and mm-hmm. Elliot is just such an interesting character to me because I, even though she is kind of sad, <laughs> but I find her to also have like this kind of strength, you know, yeah. that, that I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I feel like to deal with her family as long as she's had to and you know, to go through what she did, um, you kind of have to have some sort of resilience to you. And I feel like, I don't know if it's just because of the two books that we've read, but I'm like, I kind of want to be like best friends with Catherine and, and, and Elliot. <laughs> no, I want them to be together in a book. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we really do need like a Jane Austen, like cinematic universe where they kind of just cross over and everyone loves each other. <laughs> Seriously. If I was a bajillionaire who knew yes. enough about the movie business, I would 100% start a Jane Austen production yes. company, <laughs> which we purely made Jane Austen adaptations. Yes. Uh, gotta win that Powerball. And then we'd hire David Lynch to direct one of them. <laughs> I feel like this is our, our dream come true. <sighs> was there anything else you wanted to say about the book? I guess what I would say is, especially if you've never read the books before, I've been reading the annotated versions Mm-hmm. which I have felt have been super helpful because there are like a lot of like maybe like parts of like the language or like references to like life during the Regency area. And, you know, the next page just explains every single aspect of it. And I find that super helpful. So if you are someone who's not read the books before, or it's been a long time, I would recommend getting an annotated version of it because it really yeah. kind of helps you fully understand it. Definitely. And we're trying to decide which one we want to do next. So if you have like an opinion on that we'd love to hear which one you think and why because you know we're totally kind of open at the moment as to what we'll do next yeah yeah let us know which books you're really like wanting to hear yeah (laughs) and okay so then we kind of got to our what we did most recently which was some of the influenced 
influences and yes. we did rear window oh yeah that was really fun <laughs> yeah that was i've never seen rear window before and Me neither. it was really interesting to like make the revelation oh my gosh this is like a blue velvet inspiration you know yeah even, <laughs> i guess uh, maybe i will go ahead and talk about a little bit about like um, <laughs> uh, when i po- finally posted it to facebook because uh-huh. i wasn't really posting these inspirational ones to facebook because you know i just had this feeling that <laughs> if i put it on mm-hmm. the david lynch sites people would be like well, I don't know about that, but you know, we did t- we did talk about that on the podcast. So if you listen to yeah, the podcast, of course. you know. But yeah, but that one, even you know, who knows if David Lynch was directly inspired by it? But you know, the fact that Jeffrey and Jeffrey and they're both spy spires. <laughs> yes, <laughs> looking in Spies. on people's lives. <laughs> yeah, there's. I would say even if you know there is no like a recorded direct link that he's ever said between <laughs> them there i i think watching even them both back to back like you would be like you can't deny that there's some sort of like relationship between them yeah and you know there's absolutely no way even if he never saw a hitchcock in his life that he wasn't inspired by hitchcock because i'm sure like the people around him were and just the culture right. in general was so yeah. yeah. Also, and it's... that's what I'm going to say for all of them because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's Hitchcock. I mean, who wasn't inspired by Hitchcock in some fashion? So yeah, and for yeah. me, it was really fun to be able to see it to really yes. see Grace Kelly in a movie. That was kind of uh, I like a revelation. I'm yeah. I growing up, I never really watched any like classic Hollywood besides like The Wizard of Oz, which I feel like you know everyone's seen that, but. Which we will have to cover someday because that is definitely an inspiration. Yes. <laughs> Which we'll I'm just excited wait till about. we do Wild at Heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I um I'm happy to be watching them now and I'm like sort of understanding this like idea of like the golden age of Hollywood where you have these like actresses who were like so captivating on screen in this like in just a very unique way. And I feel like Grace Kelly was like one of the like a, like I don't know what you would call like the cream of the crop for that like she was one of the best and Definitely. i just really enjoyed her so much in this yeah yeah we also did bridget jones's diary <laughs> yes that was really fun that was fun and i think we should cover the other two on the podcast someday when we're just like we just need a break and an easy fun thing to do we can do yes. the other two bridget joneses because i had never seen that one before either and me neither definitely jane austen inspired or you know oh yeah <laughs> inspired by jane austen <laughs> and a lot better than my imagination told me it was over all these years <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um I don't know if it's just because like our culture around like rom-coms has completely changed where they're not really taken that seriously anymore, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good and really fun and her British accent to me to this day is so crazy good. Like <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, especially after watching the like Hallmark rom-coms. Yes. Seeing like a real rom-coms like, oh, th- yeah. this is why these were so popular. <laughs> yeah, with like some really, I would say, heavy hitter actors. Like I recognize yeah. so many people in this movie. I was like, oh, I'm so happy they're all like in this together. It's just such a good I know. ragtag group. Yeah, it was that that was really fun. Oh, and then we took a, um, we did another adaptation. We did Sense and Sensibility, 1981. Yes. <laughs> Which was a, a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> very, um, I'm like, very uh, 
David Lynch inspired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> was very Lynchian in certain ways. <laughs> I still think back to the the opening credits, and I think where you edited in the <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes, song. I don't think it anyone was so watched good. it, even though I posted it to social media. But it was yeah, so I perfect. Think <laughs> that was. I do think about that, and I I think I was watching. I was getting prepared for a future episode, so I was watching David Lynch being interviewed, and he was like you know, talking about how sometimes the studios and stuff just don't understand his pacing. (laughs) Right. And he's like, this is my pacing. This is how we have to do things. And (laughs) I feel like Sense and Sensibility is his pacing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I just really like the fact that you started off being like, this is not going to be my favorite. And by the end, you're like, I actually enjoyed that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think it was like, just because it was so different and so... I feel like this was probably one of the most quintessentially like British like television <laughs> show uh, adaptations that we've had that it was like it was so different for me. So it took yeah. me a little bit to get used to, but I did really enjoy the experience towards the end. And I really grew to love a lot of the characters, especially um oh gosh. Um <laughs> yes, her harsh whispers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and that one was fun to be able to see like it felt different than the other Sense and Sensibility because it felt less like Eleanor was the clear heroine, you know, yeah. the one we should all say yes to. Like, it felt like there was more of a teeter-totter push-pull between the two as to who is, I don't want to say superior or, like, the ideal yeah. thought. I, You know, they both felt like they had growing to do, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, and I really appreciated the like um, sisterly bond aspect of this movie because I felt like it was much stronger in like the way they stood up for each other and the way they spoke to each other and kind of divulged their secrets into one another. Yeah, it was very it was very sweet and it's a very different way for me to see those two characters. Yeah, and we definitely have more older adaptations coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. At least now we kind of know what we're expecting between like this one and Northanger Abbey. Now there are, there's seventies ones. We've done eighties. We've done nineties. <laughs> there are seventies ones, which are even a little bit harder to get into, but they're, mm-hmm. they still have good things except for the sense and sensibility seventies one. I didn't uh-uh. that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have to get to it eventually. And then the last two things we did, the most recent were Wicker Man and Carnival of Souls. Oh my gosh. I really liked both of, I mean, of course, I've always loved Carnival of Souls, but I hadn't seen Wicker Man before. And yeah, I love both of those movies. They were great. Great Halloween movies. Yeah, I was about to say great for this time of year. And I feel like they are both, Carnival of Souls in a way is like one of those cult, like classic kind of films that I feel like people do need to see because it's got elements of it that are very, I don't know that I feel like you see a lot more these days and it's just a very, I feel like it's a very important also, mm-hmm. but Wicker Man, especially, I feel like that is a classic like horror sort of like psychological kind of messed yeah. up <laughs> film that is so, <laughs> I really enjoyed that one a lot. I think I, that was like one yeah. of my favorites. That was a lot of fun. And that was probably the one that I was most questioning would this have influenced David Lynch? I mean, I don't right. really see a ton of influences, but right. it did come out at the time he was in film school. So if there was going to be a movie that he went to the movie theater, I mean, a time when yeah. you go to the movie theater or the people around you would have seen it, it just feels like, you know, it had to have been in the air at the time it was making Eraserhead. <laughs> yeah, I just like the the 
picture in my head of you know David Lynch and all his friends his film school friends being like let's go to the movies and see Wicker Man like (laughs) yeah with Christopher Lee running around the country trying to promote it (laughs) exactly yeah so I feel like especially because Christopher Lee is such it's like you know a legendary actor they were probably like well if he's really into this movie it must be good yeah exactly it was really I was really great and I'm glad we watched it because it just was so I don't know it was just perfect for this time of year so if you haven't watched it, I would definitely recommend it for Halloween time. It's definitely. And Carnival of Souls is absolutely been one of my favorites, like my whole life, practically. Yes. And then there's one thing that we didn't do on the podcast. Maybe we should have made it like a crossover so that we could have released it <laughs> in our feed too. But with we were guests on First Impressions podcast. So right, I definitely yeah. recommend going and listening to that episode if you're interested. And we covered modern persuasion which was almost like a hybrid between like a like it's not quite a bridge jones but it's not quite as bad as like a pride and prejudice and mistletoe yeah (laughs) it kind of fell in the middle and it was truly our most crossover movie because alicia witt was the star (laughs) i know that was crazy It's like our Dune baby. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only actor who have, has actually crossed over that I know of between yeah, so far. the two worlds. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, and we had a lot to say about that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely recommend you go listen to that one because yeah, it had it had its good points and it had its flaws, but of course. Yeah, it was like a modern persuasion. And <laughs> did, did we had we had we hadn't read it? Had we by the time we watched that? I don't. Or, I, I, don't I don't think so. Maybe no. I think we did read we did read the book before. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, we did. I think we had actually yeah. just. It was pretty recent oh, that we had read it. Yeah. So not like right so after, perfect. but yeah. So we <laughs> had a lot of the book in our head. Yeah. Well, we need to do another episode with Kristen and Maggie because. They were yes. so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's always so much fun to do it with them. And yeah. all of our Jane Austen guests. Definitely. The other thing I was going to see is, did you have a favorite of the stuff we covered last year? Oh, gosh. <sighs> I would say... <laughs> a lot that we covered. Yeah. I would say the most fun I had... I think was during Sanditon. I think that was kind of yeah. my favorite period just because it was so new and it just felt, I don't know, like I just really enjoyed the characters and kind of like maybe I even enjoyed disliking characters in a yeah. way. <laughs> and the fact that we're getting more is very exciting. I always, <laughs> I'm always like happy whenever I'm like, there should be more of this. And then lo and behold, <laughs> we're getting a lot more of this. So I just thought it was really well done and really um, pretty. And it was just yeah. like a new side of like the whole coastal aspect of Jane Austen that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And all of our guests. I really, definitely. I think the guests definitely pushed yeah. it over the edge because I had heard like, it felt like, I don't know. It just felt like from what I was reading of the discourse on Sanditon that there was just a lot of conflicting views. So I really wanted to have all these different podcasters on, but Honestly, I feel like we all kind of agreed on what yeah. was the good and bad part. So, yeah. And I mean, I it's fun to say that we can take some sort of credit, but I don't, I, I think the Sanditon Sisterhood can definitely take credit for bringing it back. But like, yeah, just, yeah. the timing was so funny <laughs> and perfect that we covered it. It did really well and immediately came back like 
it's just, yeah, it was fun because it almost looked like there was no hope. And then suddenly it's coming back. So, yes. You know. <laughs> so we may yeah. get that other persuasion adaptation after all is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I say like, you know, taking credit, I'm really joking because I mean, like, yeah, I, of course. You know, but I just think it's so funny that, you know, the whole time we were like, Sydney's the worst and we need more of this and we're getting more without Sydney. So, <laughs> yeah. And we're getting new diverse writers, which is what we were asking for. Yes, yes. And Very happy about that. From what I can tell, Crystal Clark seems happy with the process so far. Yay. There was a little bit of controversy with one of the actors, but I don't know. I can't keep track of all the controversies in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of them. God, what was my favorite? It's yeah. so hard. It's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering I've seen pretty much everything before. So I'm like, do I pick something I'd never seen before? Like... I mean, I really liked doing The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, even though it was really... Um, <sighs> it's very full of... Dramatic. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> uh, piece to go over, but it was a lot of fun. For some reason, the last episode of that one, like the final chapters got like way less listens than the first two parts. So I don't know if people were just over it by then or people didn't want to yeah, read the end or... It picks up. Whatever. But it was fun to do Crazy Clown Time, even though I wouldn't say it was my favorite thing that we covered but it was fun to be able to do, like i just had never really considered oh i should listen to some david lynch albums yes uh, northanger abbey 1987 is one of my favorite <laughs> i really enjoyed doing sense and sensibility i love doing love and friendship because you loved it so much mm-hmm. i like doing persuasion i don't know just a lot. <laughs> i would say this was like this was a very great batch of items to do all together um just because i feel like we not that the first group that we did last year for you know our first year i guess you could say was not great or as great but like this was like a very like particular group that really spoke to me at least and so when we were kind of going over everything i was like gotta think of my favorite gotta think of my favorite <laughs> and so yeah i think at I that know, I just point, listed like 20 things so <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> but they were all so great and so, like, just fun. I think we had a lot of fun doing them, too. Yeah. I guess I was going to talk about all of our guests, even though we did kind of already talk about them. All, but, uh, <laughs> I just want to give a special thanks out to, like, to Josh Waller, Chelsea Adkins, Kristen Smith, John Bernardi, Emily and Lauren from Reclaiming Jane, Lauren and Hannah, even though she couldn't make it from Bonnets at Dawn, Kristen and Maggie from First Impressions, and Ben and Brian from Twin Peaks Unwrapped. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so... I was gonna say we could do like if maybe we don't have time to mash them up but like if we were gonna mash up anything that we covered this last year what would be the funnest you think to mash up together oh gosh um let's see let's see let me i mean we already said northanger happy and persuasion would be fun to mash up together but i was thinking more like uh jane austen and david lynch yeah crossing (laughs) over the lines i'm trying to think like i would say you know I'm, I think I'm going to go, since Sanditon was my favorite thing we covered, I'm going to kind of pick Sanditon. And, but for my David Lynch, hmm. We, I mean, it's hard because 
we've done a lot of Twin Peaks and that's been the majority of our David Lynch. For some reason, like, I don't know why, but like, uh, to me in my head, like whenever I'm thinking like Sanatin and something David Lynch, straight story keeps coming to mind. And so <laughs> I like this whole aspect of like, you know, they're in Sanditon, but there's like this also like pair like uh, other storyline happening at the same time where someone has to get to Sanditon because someone's brother is sick. And so he's <laughs> doing this like cross country kind of thing all the way to Sanditon. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And so that'd like, it's like England country adventure. Riding an old mule. <laughs> <laughs> right. He doesn't have, you know, <laughs> a horse or a carriage. He just got this little old mule. <laughs> okay. Well, this isn't really David Lynch, but I just, when you're talking about that, I had this picturing of Carnival of Souls and Sanditon being mixed up. Like, what if Sanditon had a big amusement park or something, you know, like whatever they eventually make to make the town a big destination. But then way in the future, once everyone's gone, the ghosts of Sanditon are there when the Carnival of Souls comes up. And then maybe like, I don't know, like a... Uh, Laura Palmer or an Audrey or someone is like the Mary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> comes upon it. That Very would be fun. really. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool. That's such a cool mashup. One of the things we were going to cover, uh-huh. uh huh, that we didn't end up covering because I started to watch it and could not stand it <laughs> and I I've watched it before and never had this problem with it so I I had some problems with Becoming Jane the Anne Hathaway movie about a young Jane Austen so if you are out there and you are familiar with it and you've watched it anytime recently I would love to hear other people's opinions like uh-huh. I don't know why I had such a visceral reaction to it because I have watched it before and not had that problem with it but like I just found the characterization of Jane Austen to be not at all what I had pictured in my mind uh-huh. of her. And I normally feel like I can, you know, not have that affect me. And maybe it was just the time I was watching it, but mm-hmm. I had to put that one on the back burner because I just, <laughs> I couldn't get through it. And I didn't want to, you know, cover it and be like, I hated this when maybe it was just my own personal thing at that personal time. But like, uh-huh. I just could not get into it. <laughs> Yeah, I because uh, I um I didn't end up watching it because we kind of ixnate it before I got to it. But I wonder if it's one of those things where because it's like this person's kind of interpretation of Jane Austen herself, like maybe it's like gonna be uh since we're like really diving deep into Jane Austen and her mind, <laughs> like it's gonna be kind of maybe difficult for us to kind of accept someone else's interpretation and really like do research on it so maybe that's that might be a movie maybe we say for a commentary at some point or yeah yeah I think that's a good idea where we kind of don't have to really you know really go into it as much yeah and I personally maybe it's just you know what I find what am I trying to say what um (laughs) interests me about Jane Austen is not like her personal love life, which I feel like yeah. Becoming Jane was like, let's take all the stories of Jane Austen's love life and squish them together into one shortened time frame. And I was like, but this is not what Jane Austen is, is it? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we'll do that maybe later as a commentary, but I would really like to hear from anybody um, who has watched it maybe more recently. Just like, did you have a problem with it? 
do you think it's fine? Maybe you can help me get past whatever is <laughs> blocking me from liking it. Okay. And well, I, that's pretty much all I wrote down for <laughs> this episode. Because, uh-huh. you know, um, I did talk about, I did want to talk a little bit about the influences, but we kind of already did that. I, I will say just in general, the past year, my biggest challenges with the podcast, because I do like to add a little bit about just like technically what it's like to make a podcast because, you know, we're not yeah. podcast experts or anything. <laughs> we just love listening to them and, you know, have been making our own. And I would say the thing that is most challenging to me is the social media aspect of it because I personally don't, I don't really care about social media that much. I don't really like to look at it that much. So I'm not like good at liking other people's posts. (laughs) You know, if Mm -hmm. if I'm, because I follow a lot of the podcasts, if I see it show up on my feed, I'll be like, let me scour and see if they posted about it so I can retweet it. But I'm just not on there, you know, able to interact with people. So I don't know if that's, I don't know. It's just, just something I'm not good at. And yeah. I don't know that I'm going to get any better at it. Every time I post it <laughs> into Facebook, I feel weird because I'm posting on other people's sites and they have their own reactions to that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't deal with your issues. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, social media is kind of like those weird things where, you know, it gives everyone the ability to have their opinion and post it publicly and kind of without. But I love hearing from people who are listening yeah. to the podcast. It's just when I'm yeah, yeah. hearing from people who I don't think are listening to the podcast. Who, who are clearly like, have not listened challenging to Challenging me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, social media, I, I kind of so, sort of feel the same way that you do. Um, I deleted my Facebook, I would say a couple <laughs> months ago, just because I... You know, I wasn't necessarily be, like feeling very like combative on Facebook or anything. I just was kind of like over the mindless like scrolling and just the aspect of Facebook. Obviously, like the more we find out about Facebook, the more evil it is. <laughs> and, and I really don't necessarily need Facebook to stay connected with people that I talk to. So I just this was why very I'm really happy interested to in it. doing like a Patreon, even if yeah. it's like a one dollar. <laughs> Right. All you have to do is pay the one dollar, but then we can have like our own fan interaction. You know, yeah. You know that we're talking to people who are listening to the podcast who are interested in having this conversation about these random two artists together or separately. Yeah. So that's definitely something. Even though I've tried to say, if you're interested in Patreon, and nobody's really responded, but I I want it more as a space. Like even if it's just a dollar, you know, there's like a somewhat yeah. of a barrier to entry, so you're not going to enter unless you're actually interested. So yeah, I don't know if I, I definitely think that's something I would like to start. Yeah, I think it's possible, you know, not to try to make money as much as just to try to have a, a space that's our own. <laughs> that is yeah. not part of the social media universe, you know, it's not necessarily like super public. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys think about that. And maybe we'll just start it and see if anyone joins. <laughs> yeah, 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 I I think that's, you know, I also don't think like social media is like super important to like, especially podcasting because people find it anyways. Like, yeah, I don't think it has (laughs) ever besides the hashtag Sanditon on Instagram. I don't think social media has ever actually brought in new listeners (laughs) unless it's like somebody actively saying, 
hey, I like this podcast. And then their right. followers will check us out. But us posting about it has rarely gotten any new listeners from what I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it always seems random. Like someone's just randomly put Jane Austen or something into the search engine and gotten to our podcast. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like, you know, I think the amount of social media that we do is perfectly fine because we're not too invested in that aspect. We're really more invested in creating the podcast and kind of yeah. getting that stuff out there and people will find it. Yeah. And I think Patreon would be a fun place to like, you know, add our random videos that I like <laughs> the sensibility yeah. one because I feel like it gets lost on regular social media, but at least on Patreon, the people who would want to see it would see it. Right, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that might be something to look more into next year about like starting up. So keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've always, I, I support a lot of people on Patreon and uh, I really appreciate a, po- a podcast or anybody who's doing some stuff on Patreon that is not interested in, because a lot of times it'll be like every, the lowest tier is a $5 tier, which mm-hmm. is fine, but like, are you really worth $5 a month? <laughs> if you're a podcast putting out four episodes a month, are you worth paying $5 a month to, you know, maybe get stuff when you feel like it? But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Plus, because I can only support so many people at $5 a month. So I'm constantly having to be like, sorry, I want to support yeah. this other person. So I have to Shifting get rid of money you. around. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like the people who are like, just a dollar. And it's not about anything. <laughs> it's not you're getting something except for a community so right there might be better places to do that i don't know let me know if you know of a better place and not discord because i cannot do i don't understand how to do (laughs) that kind of stuff (laughs) those message boards i don't i don't understand it (laughs) yeah anything that's like sort of like i don't know what's the word is but like outlier social media like you know 4chan or reddit i'm like i tiktok even i have no interest in learning how to do that stuff i i understand like (laughs) how to like look stuff up and do stuff on there but like I don't have any interest (laughs) in making that a regular social media platform for myself I've got several like discord things that I can look at and have maybe looked at one time and been like I don't understand what's going on with all this (laughs) (laughs) don't forget I'm old (laughs) (laughs) you're not old Well, in comparison to social media, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We have a quiz to do, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. um, Do we want to just do... We still want to do the three or let's or just do, do the one. Halloween one. Okay. Create the Halloween party of your dreams and we'll tell you which candy you are. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good Halloween quiz where I get to find out hopefully that I'm either a Reese's or Reese's pumpkins or, <laughs> you know, witches brew, Kit Kats or whatever. I almost feel like we've done it before, but looking at the date, I don't think it's possible that we have. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. A lot of these quizzes kind of like have a similar theme yeah definitely but this one will be really really sad oh okay well you you want to read it sure question number one. First things first where are you having your party at home a haunted restaurant a bonfire in the woods haunted house 
a cemetery or in the backyard oh god that is <sighs> so hard i mean i would I like know. to do it like four or five of these different places <laughs> <laughs> i what would be the best halloween party mm. i'm gonna say bonfire in the woods yeah, I was stuck on that one or in the backyard because I kind of do love a backyard party. So I'll go with backyard. Okay. I mean, Question. a haunted house would be cool, but like... Yeah. <laughs> maybe too <I'm>, scary. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, haunted restaurant. Uh, that I'm would like, be cool hmm, too. <laughs> it would be really cool. All right. Question number two. Pick some decorations to make it extra festive. Pumpkin string lights, spider webs, neon bat lights, tombstones and skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky succulents. Or inflatable pumpkin. Ooh. I'm going to do, since mine's backyard, uh, pumpkin string lights. Okay. I do like pumpkin string lights, but I think I will go with tombstones and skeletons. Oh, no. Do I want spider webs? <laughs> spider webs are very classic. I'll go with tombstones and skeletons because I'm in a skeleton mood this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is going to be my favorite question. <laughs> question three. I swear we've done this one. <laughs> <laughs> probably it's okay we'll do the same it, quiz every year and see what we get <laughs> yes i feel like i'm already getting maybe different answers yeah definitely <laughs> question three pick one of these spooky treats to serve your guests hot dog mummies donut hole bats <laughs> chocolate spiderweb cake ghost and spider pizza jack-o'-lantern <laughs> cheeseburgers or deviled eggs they're all cute as can be yes i'm gonna go with uh hot dog mummies because i do love a pig in a blanket <laughs> those are adorable i would i would definitely have picked those but oh gosh i guess we'll go with the deviled eggs because they're perfect <laughs> party food <laughs> <laughs> little red horn deviled eggs <laughs> I mean, I like all the rest, but I still feel like donut holes are necessarily a, the yeah. best party treat. <laughs> all right. Question. Next one. I can't remember what number it was. Um, <laughs> pick an extra <laughs> fancy drink for your guests, too. Ecto cooler juice, candy corn milkshake, <laughs> pumpkin pie cider, vampire punch, pumpkin spice latte, or pumpkin milkshake. Ooh, I'm really trying to stay on theme with like the backyard party that I'm kind of right. playing. I think I'm going to go with Vampire Punch. Oh, you keep picking the ones I'm going to pick. <laughs> I mean, you can pick them too. We're kind of different. No, it's questions. okay. It's okay. Um, I'm going to go with Ecto Cooler because hello, nostalgia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like orange juice or orange, not orange juice, orange, but like orange uh, flavored I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, next question. Pick a fun activity for your guests. Pumpkin carving, costume contest, trick-or-treating, bobbing for apples, karaoke, or cookie decorating. <laughs> um, oof. I've only done bobbing for apples once, but I feel like that's a really great backyard party activity, so I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to say pumpkin carving. Ah, classic. It's kind of gross, so but it's kind of fun, and then we can get some pumpkin seeds toasted up mm, delicious. oh i should probably actually mark that <laughs> <laughs> all right and then last question and finally pick an iconic halloween movie to watch halloween town scream the nightmare before christmas hocus pocus halloween or the conjuring um i'm gonna go with scream good choice good choice oh my goodness i think i'm gonna go with halloween very scary and it's great <laughs> for neighborhoods <laughs> what'd you get I got candy corn. Ooh, what does it say? <laughs> it's a, it says, you have a bold, bright personality and aren't afraid to show it. 
You might not be everyone's cup of tea, but the people who love you would go to bat for you any day. It's not like a low level read. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like a little bit shady, but <sighs> But I well, do love Candy Gordon. <laughs> I do love it too. I always forget that I love it and that I eat it. And I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> and I've also recently heard about, I think it's Thanksgiving flavored candy corn, where it's like candy Ooh. corn pieces that are like turkey flavored and stuffing flavored. And nope, I've heard no. some of them are really bad, but some of them <laughs> are actually pretty good. So it sounds like those Harry Potter jelly beans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Every flavor you can pick of. I like the flavor of candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got M&M's, which I'm very happy about. Plain peanut? (laughs) Just Oh, it says plain, although I do prefer a peanut person. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It says, you tend to come across as intimidating and have a bit of a tough shell, but you're a total sweetheart when people really get to know you. Aww. (laughs) Like, that is very, very apt, and I do like I don't feel like you have a tough shell at all, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do love M&M's. (laughs) they're not that tough (laughs) they're really (laughs) (laughs) okay well that was fun that was i think maybe we did like a slightly different version like we did the night yeah the the 2018 version of the candy quiz (laughs) (laughs) maybe there's like some slight updates every year too or something maybe Okay, well, let's talk about what's coming next, because we do know what's going to be coming for the rest of the year. Yes. The next episode will be just one random Twin Peaks episode. We're doing episode 10 as like Mm -hmm. a bridge, just because we really just had one day to fill. (laughs) (laughs) We picked one more episode of Twin Peaks, which will be kind of the end of our David Lynch run, because we've done quite a few David Lynch-ish things. Yes. Over October. Oh, actually, no, that won't be the end because we have one more thing. Oh, right. Uh. <laughs> so after Twin Peaks, we are doing, and I'm so excited because I've already done all the work on it and watched it a couple times, Wild at Heart. Yes. It's a movie that I saw like in my 20s and have not seen since. And my perception of what I thought it was to what it really was when I rewatched it was very, it was uh, not at all what it was like it was what it was but it was like just a kind of a fraction of what it was and so it was great i can't wait to cover that i can't wait to talk all about it it's going to be a two episode we'll be able to talk for a really long time about it great Yay. movie i'm excited you know how i love whatever i've watched most recently the best so <laughs> right now i'm like is it my favorite <laughs> and then after that we're doing six weeks of the 19 19- 96 ABC? <laughs> I think it's Annie. Adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, the big famous one that everyone loves, and that honestly, it's had. I mean, I could watch that movie pretty much once a month. Yeah. <laughs> or that series. <laughs> Just because it's so great. It's so well done. The movie was great too. I'm not in any way comparing. We are not here to compare the two. <laughs> but I mean, not like to judge one over the other but um uh-huh. we can compare them but just not but anyway it's gonna be a great holiday fair we're gonna have a lot of fun and it's just gonna be you know the best of pride and prejudice <laughs> honestly yes <laughs> i'm excited to watch what's considered widely to be the cream of the crop so yeah and it's not that the other one isn't good but this one is it's just different six episodes so you get all of the extra i mean not all of it all of it but you get a lot of what you 
they couldn't cover in the movie. Exactly. And everyone's really good in it. And, you know, it's a lot of people's favorites. So I really can't wait to do it. Me too. <laughs> and then it will be the new year and we'll have another check-in and we'll probably start another book. So we'd love to hear from you guys yeah. in the interim what book you think we should do and a little reason why. Because <laughs> there's just so many options. <laughs> I mean, yes. There's four options, but <laughs> to, yeah, I mean, to us, it's like, how do you just pick one? <laughs> I know it's so hard to decide. Like, do you, we obviously are not going in order. So it's no. not like <laughs> it has to be in order. So I don't know. Part of me wants to be like, we're doing Mansfield Park because I want us to. But I also feel like we need, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be better to have a little more Jane Austen under our belt before we're like definitely doing that one because... You know, I love it, but it's also got its challenging parts to it. Right. And then there's Emma, which has a bajillion adaptations. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've watched quite a bit of Emma's. So I'd be, that would be a really fun one to finally get into, like, the source material, quote unquote. Yeah. And Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility are, like, two that Classics. are probably most people's favorites, you know? <laughs> right. Or at least Pride and Prejudice. So anyway, we I just don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll probably definitely finish Twin Peaks Season 2 next year. Yeah, I think so. so excited. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of fun stuff to come, and we thank you guys so much for being with us for the last two years, and... We're looking forward to doing two to three to four more years to come. <laughs> and who knows? Exactly. Maybe by the time we get there, we'll be like, oh, we could just cover other stuff that's close, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Very, very closely related. <laughs> so we will see you guys next week for episode 10 of season two of Twin Peaks, Dispute Between yes. Brothers. If you would like to get in contact with us. Yes, you can email us at Gmail. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I was like cutting out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> if you would like to email us, you can email us at managedbadness at gmail.com. If you'd like to DM us on Twitter, we're at managedbadness. On Instagram, we're at managedbadnesspod. And if you would like to leave a one minute voicemail, you can on our website at managedbadness.com. Yes. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you about, you know, Patreon ideas, what books. What you thought of the last year's stuff. Yes. We did get, I forgot, we did get a couple of, I posted, like, do you have anything to say about our podcast? And we got some nice comments about how people are listening and they're really liking us. So yeah, that was very sweet. We always I forgot to write down that. any specific ones. <laughs> we got some more <laughs> reviews and we'd love if you guys want to leave us a review or a rating. Every little five star we get makes us very happy. Yes. <laughs> we always are like, hey, we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And excited to have some more guests. If you have a Jane Austen podcast, please let us know. Because it is definitely possible that I just, you know, missed it because I'm not that great at <laughs> finding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or you may have started it recently and I just haven't noticed yet. So let me know because we'd love to have you as a guest. Absolutely. Or, um, or David Lynch podcast. <laughs> I say Jane Austen, but there are there are lots of Twin Peaks podcasts, I believe, still out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really fun. To listen to us. But, <laughs> oh, John Bernardi is starting a new podcast, which I'm so right. excited. Let me uh, remember what it's called because y'all should check that one out. If you're familiar with Twin Peaks, he actually told me, don't let Christian listen to it because it's going to have I will listen to it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Blue Rose Task Force. Oh, interesting. I think he's 
doing that through the 25 years later because they're they I guess they're coming out with all sorts of new podcasts they're splitting up their website into all these different things that's if you cool follow them at all because they do um a lot of twin peaks stuff they started out as a twin peaks site and now they're expanding to all sorts of stuff which is so cool i'm so happy for them yeah that's awesome okay i think i'm rambled enough <laughs> let you guys go <laughs> <laughs> yes um but we we thank you so much for listening for the past two years and we look forward to all the episodes to come out yeah even though I look back and I'm like, we've covered so much. I also think there's still so much to cover, though. <laughs> yes. So you'll be getting plenty of material. Definitely. Yes. yes. Thank you for joining us on this wild ride of a podcast. You yes. Guys are the mean, best. <laughs> yes. And we look forward to, I was going to say seeing you guys, but you know what I mean. Seeing you guys next week. I thought week. you were about to say, we love you. And I was going to say, we do love you. <laughs> we do love you guys. Thank you so much. Because, you know. Support is very much appreciated in any aspect. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a great holiday and I don't know what, oh, Halloween. Yes. (laughs) Have a great Halloween and a good Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we'll be along the ride with you the whole time. No, that's the stupidest sign I've ever read. No, (laughs) leave it in. Leave it in right now. (laughs) Okay, well... But we'll see you guys next week. I always fall apart at the end. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Some things never change. Okay. Good night. (laughs) Bye.